This morning I want to talk about frontline commitment. Nobody head for the door, okay? <laughs> you know, we've, we've talked about the various arenas, a frontline call, okay? Uh, frontline commission, frontline care, a frontline church, a frontline cry, which Gordy was leading to how important that was, because when I had visited Billy Graham's, uh, you know, uh, place in the Carolinas there, I, I, I was intrigued, you know what I mean? I thought he was going to give me some, you know, just, oh, man, I never thought of that before when he said well, what was the three ingredients that made his ministry successful. You know, I'm always looking for those deep things. And then he goes, prayer, prayer, prayer. Well, I can handle simple things. I get it. <laughs> Amen. You know? And uh, so, uh, you know, do that, uh, you know, now this month, you know? Uh, let the Holy Spirit go ahead and, you know, bring a name, you know, bring a situation to your mind and make a commitment to pray, you know? Because prayer is, has so many aspects, so many things, but, but a lot of times in order for the seed of God to, to, to be able to find a, a production in, in soil, the soil has to be broken up. In other words, the prophet said to break up the fallow ground. In other words, it's, it's had some activity in it before, you know, but it never really had been followed up and never had really been sowed, and it just kind of had left, been left there, and so uh, it needed a fresh tilling. And so prayer does that, okay? Prayer is a fresh tilling for the soil and the opportunity that is going to be yours, you know, after you've prayed, because in that prayer, you're going to discover your approach, all right? In that prayer, the Holy Spirit is going to go ahead and, you know, uh, begin to uh, orchestrate and make alignments. So, Father, thank you today. We bless you, and we're so grateful for the Holy Spirit uh, that he is here today and always abides with us. Uh, help us, God, and uh, thank you for these people uh, and their great commitments. And... Uh, we give you honor and glory and praise. So anyway, frontline commitment. We got some passages of scriptures there and uh, uh, that kind of, you know, <coughs> covers a spectrum of, of commitment. And, and you know how important commitment is. You've exercised it and you, you know, it's been involved in your life and, uh, you know, in so many fields, so many areas. Uh, <coughs> And um, so let's, let's read these scriptures. Then he said to them all, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. That's commitment. That's commitment right there. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. Just powerful. And whatever you do... Do it hardly as unto the Lord and not unto men. 
Knowing that from the Lord you'll receive the reward of inheritance, for you serve the Lord Christ. I know your works, that you are neither cold nor hot. I could wish you were cold or hot. So then, because you are lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will vomit you out of my mouth. Because you say I am rich and have become wealthy and have need of nothing and do not know that you are wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. Difference between God's analysis and man's analysis in that passage of Scripture. But the setting is such. Commitment. Dedicated to a cause. Binding yourself to a course of action. It's a pledge. It is commitment that transforms promise into reality. Intentions into valid future. Commitment. Paul had a commitment statement in Acts 21 and 13. I'm not only, I'm ready not only to be bound, but to die for the name of Christ. That's commitment, isn't it? It's commitment. The scripture says in the one that we read there in Luke 2 had that. As followers of Jesus Christ, we each contribute our spirit, our heart, our abilities, our passions, and our experiences for the glory of God. Do all things for his glory. Commitment. Commitment only happens when you move on a daily course of action towards your commitment. We make our commitments and then our commitments make us. Decisions in life must fall in line with our commitment or your commitment or we overturn our commitments. Commitments can be overturned by decisions that we make in, in life. The key to winning in life among other things, but in framework of what we're talking about today, is to not just be interested, but to be committed. One of the elements that happens in our lives, most everyone's life, a few exceptions, is the day that we stand the altar alongside of the man or woman that we're about to marry, and there we pledge and make a commitment. 
Up to that point, it was intentions, had its moments, its thrills, many things that surrounded it, but that day, depending on which vow you used, you know what I mean, but most of them, you know, is for richer, for poor, sickness and health and better or worse until death do us part I am committed to you committed it's the lifeline to every worthy endeavor it's the life jacket that keeps you afloat through rough stretches and experiences along the shifting terrain of life. Commitment. It's a decision to do what needs to be done to make the commitment stick. Commitment, a dedication to a cause. Hallelujah. Thank you for your commitment. But in this series on soldiers of Christ and the various arenas and areas, all of those, the call, the commission, the care, the church, the cry will fall short of its purpose without commitment. A commitment. Jesus committed himself to, of course, the cross. Keeping commitment Commitment. There's the story in Ruth, Ruth and Naomi, and how that love inspires commitment. And as you recall the story, that she was asked to go back to where she was not only comfortable with, but familiar with, her homeland. And yet Ruth made a commitment. She said, wherever you go, I will go, and wherever you lodge, I will lodge, and your people shall be my people, and your God shall be my God. Where you die, I will die. There I'll be buried. And she says, the Lord do so to me, and more also, if anything but death parts you and me. 
God has made a commitment to you. He has. He's made a commitment that he says, I'll never leave you or I'll never forsake you. Lord, I'm with you always to the ends of the world. When you heard about his love and his care and understood your plight and your future and how that it could be changed, and there was something better, you responded with a commitment. Commitment, relationship, yes. One of the deterring factors of commitment, one of the deterring factors of of pressing forward is often failure. But failure is not really an end, it's an opportunity. So I encourage you today that take the failures and oftentimes those failures are not really failures. They are the, it, it is how we have, how we add things up in our own life. It's oftentimes a pre-prescribed thought process that we have already set as the, you know, it's kind of a monument of determination. Commitment. God can take those failures or those things that to you seem like are failures, you tried, and it didn't materialize. He can take that and turn it into not a devastating past, but a Amazing future and purpose. Paul said, I have learned. How to handle each situation in life. He had a major commitment. And because we're talking about some specifics, I'm talking about this morning being committed to your front line. That place that God has placed you in the here and now. It may change over time, but what it is today, what it probably is tomorrow, that you are making a commitment to your field and you have an objective you have a purpose if it's a job it's not just to collect a paycheck it's to represent Jesus Christ if it's an arena of influence 
The ultimate is that there will be brought an influence of Jesus Christ into the setting. It's not just about your name, it's about his name. Not just about your glory, but his glory. And when he gets glory, he says, I share my glory with you. Yeah. Your front line could, and most often is more than just single or singular. I believe that parents have, you know, a front line in the family. And their immediate family. I believe that as Christians, that in the extended family, we, you know, that is a front line that we have. What more greater position can you get? But when you have a bond and a tie, when you got the same last name. <laughs> yeah. That front line, it's important to God and it needs to be important to you. And God is committed to your front line. You know, it says that the Holy Ghost did some arrangements for the apostles. Paul at times was determined to go to a certain place and the Holy Spirit says, no, now's not the time. And then he hears a voice that shows where he's supposed to go. Macedonia was calling him. God's Committed to your front line. Everybody's front line is a little different. But don't think that your front line is not important. Don't think that your role, and who you are, and, you know... Your story cannot have impact. I know it can be a little bit disconcerting to go to conferences and hear some people's stories of deliverance. But your story is right for your front line. I have a story, but my story does not include I was delivered from drugs and alcohol. Never touched my lips. I don't have a story that 
would include some depths of great sins and things of that. But I got a story. I got a story how that teaching the word of God in your home, being connected to church and believers, a story about the grace and the mercy of God. It's going to go ahead and influence somebody and encourage somebody. Then, of course, there is a place for those stories of amazing deliverances. But they probably would have not have sat, you know, or they could have sat next to me and told me their story, and I've been impressed with their story, but it wouldn't have captured my heart because I couldn't relate. But your story will relate. God has given you a platform. This is a pulpit. It's for the body of Christ, but your front line is a pulpit. For the people that God has arranged for you to influence and to touch. Yeah. So I want to encourage you today. Whatever that front line is. If I could use just for a moment my precious friend and Joan. She's had a variety of front lines. Yeah. Well, when you hear her story and you listen to it, you know what I mean? The front lines that God has had you on. And, you know, she had a front line of, you know, pastoring the church. That was a front line. Now, you know what I mean? I know there's one thing that she has a front line of encouragement and inspiring and prayer. Don't minimize your front line. Should the eye say to some other men or part of the body, oh, it doesn't fit, it's, it doesn't work, it doesn't have value because I'm not that. You don't need to be that. It wouldn't work for you. It'd be like Saul's army on David. It doesn't fit. No, but your front line fits. No matter what the arena or the subject matter is, it will fit. It will fit.
Yes. The idea of front line and your front line is caring for people. It's transforming lives. And it's reforming society. Not just the worldwide society, but the society that you're having an influence in. Now, my role of people that know that I'm a pastor or a preacher, when I walk in, you know, there's reformation. <laughs> yeah, there is. Well, the same thing can happen to you, know, you know what I mean? Is when you tell your story and the wonderful things, you know, people are going to, you know, they're either going to be just deadly against you or you're going to have some reformation in the, the arena that you're in at that time. I mean, they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. How many know that it's a pretty good glorifying your Father in heaven if, if they stop cussing around you? <laughs> it's not a bad deal. You know, that's salt. That's light. Yeah. Please don't feel like you're insignificant. Ask my my musicians to come this morning. Just because you're not the preacher doesn't mean that you don't have a place of influence that even this preacher could not have. Yeah. There is a strength in the building up that comes when we get involved. That's what Ephesians chapter 4 says. For the work of the ministry until we all come to the unity of the faith and the fullness of the stature of Jesus Christ. By your commitment and by your involvement, you are, you know, helping the stature of Jesus. You're helping me. So thank you. Amen. So there's a great value in commitment. One of my favorite passages of unwavering commitment is found in the back of and I hope I never experience it. And I hope you don't either. But I hope that our commitment would be such to Christ and the cause of Christ and the word of God that even if we did, our commitment would not waver. 
chapter 3 and 17 and 18 says, though the fig tree does not blossom, there, there are no grapes on the vine, though the olive crop fails and f- the field produce no food and no sheep in the pen and, or cattle in the stalls. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. My commitment is not based on circumstances. My commitment is based upon the relationship. The relationship of the Lord Jesus Christ and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit and the loving and assuring care of the Heavenly Father. You remember the story of Winston Churchill as he was invited to speak at a commencement exercise, probably the shortest speech and commencement exercise ever. And yet what he said was profound and what made him such a great leader. Never give up. Never give up. Never give up. Never give up. And he sat down. Probably the greatest commencement speech that wraps it all up. Yes. Let me read to you a soldier's decree and we will close. The Lord Jesus Christ is my commanding officer. The Holy Spirit is my code of conduct. Faith, prayer, and the word of God are my weapons of warfare. I have been taught by the Holy Spirit, trained by experience, tried by adversity, and tested by fire. I am a volunteer in the army, and I am enlisted for eternity. I will not get out, sell out, be talked out, or pushed out. I am faithful, reliable, capable, and dependable. If my God needs me, I am there. I am a soldier. I am not a baby. I do not need to be pampered, petted, primed up, pumped up, picked up, or pepped up. I am a soldier. No one has to call me, remind me, write me, visit me, entice me, or lure me. I am a soldier. I am not a wimp. I'm in a place saluting my king, 
obeying his orders, praising his name, and building his kingdom. No one has to send me flowers, gifts, food, cards, or candy, or give me handouts. I am committed. Not that we don't do those things, but I cannot have my feelings hurt bad enough to turn me around. I cannot be discouraged enough to turn, excuse me, to turn me aside. I cannot lose enough to cause me to quit. I am. Stand with me, a soldier. I am a soldier. Is Joshua's midst of probably the greatest inbreaking, outbreaking of his life. He meets a man that appeared to him to be a man. We know that it was more than a man. And he asked the question, Who are you? He says, I'm the captain of the army of the Lord of hosts. Yeah. You can't lose in this army if you'll be committed. For whosoever shall save his life shall lose it. But whoever shall lose his life for my sake shall find it. Oh, give the Lord a praise this morning. There is life in commitment. There is life in surrender. There is life in purpose. There is life. And he's not asking you, and he may, but I don't know that he is. And if he is, you know, so be it. For you to leave your houses and your lands, some people have to. Not everybody. But he's just asking you, Asking me, recognize your front line. Those on your front line may be higher in rank than you are. Or they may be so low that you have to kneel to reach him and touch him. But true leadership has a basin of water and a towel to wipe the feet of those in and on your front line. Amen. Let's sing it, son. Glory to God, I feel good, but you got to go home. It's 4th of July, and we got to celebrate, and we got to do all this, but ha, amen. 
Hallelujah, church. You know, God says he's going to have a glorious church without spot or without wrinkle. You know, amen. A church that is fully involved in the purposes of the kingdom. He says, I want you to have my kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. There is a place on earth that is yours in which you are responsible and anointed, amen, to initiate and to bring the kingdom of God. Let's do it today. Thank you, Lord. You say, Pastor, well, I am committed. You know what? I know you are. But let me tell you something. And I hope this fits because I know what God has challenged me in commitment. Beginning in, it would have been in the fall of 2017. <coughs> Commitment. It seemed like he, you know, he wanted a better attitude. <laughs> huh? He wanted, you know what I mean, a more joy, more understanding of your purpose. I want you to enjoy what you're doing, son. I want you to enjoy it. Understand its purpose. And so, it's, you know, it wasn't so much about doing more work, but it was about having a better attitude and perspective regarding the work that I was doing. Plate. You know, you've had so many men under you, and there's a lot of difference in their attitudes, isn't it? Yes, sir. You know? And if you get to one that's got a good attitude, oh, the work environment just takes on a different atmosphere. Right? Listen, church. And so when you get a right attitude about your work environment, the atmosphere will automatically change. Because you will have a smile and not a frown. You'll have a skip in your step. You know what I mean? Rather than a limp. Yeah. That's right. All those things change just by attitude. And when you're hit with something maybe greater than you, more overwhelming, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Amen. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you today for each individual. I pray for each front line. God, that there will be a revolution and a revelation and a transformation. All because we're going to tell your story that you've been living in us and through us. In Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Love God. Love one another. Amen. And have a great celebration of the fourth. God bless your front line.